listening to the Crossome Wrestling Entertainment Podcast. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Crossome Wrestling Entertainment Podcast. My name is Tyler Bard. I am joined by my friend Dylan over there. We are here to talk about all things Dynamite for the July 14th episode of AEW's Dynamite on TNT. First off, Dylan, how the hell are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. How about you? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Again, it was the July 14th Dynamite. Uh, it was the first night of Fighter Fest, so a lot went down on this episode. Uh, we had quite a few good matches, a few really good promos, uh, so a lot happening yet again. I do want to remind everyone that we are streaming live on YouTube and Twitch. On YouTube, it's the Bard and Cross Entertainment YouTube channel, and on Twitch, it is at uh, twitch.tv slash or backslash tbard underscore so you can find us there uh if you want to join live in the conversation we'll try to put as many comments up on the screen as possible as long as it has some sort of relevance to what we are talking about um but yeah if you uh have some sort of opinion about either what we're talking about or you want to give us an opinion or a hot take of your own just come on in and comment it live we would absolutely love to hear from you and at, while we're on the topic of reminding you of things, we would also like to remind you we are not a market substitute for AEW's Dynamite. So please make sure you watch Dynamite live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think I covered all my bases there. Uh, besides the fact that if you don't watch us live, you can always just find your podcast, find this podcast wherever it is you find your favorite podcast. So just look up the Cross and Wrestling Entertainment podcast and you will find it wherever it is that you like to download them from. Personally, I watch all my podcasts or listen to all my podcasts on Spotify. I don't know if you're the same, Dylan. I'm more of an Apple guy. I have the Apple oh, iTunes. Yeah. This guy. This iTunes. guy. Apple. Who do you think you are? Get out of here with that Apple nonsense. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Dylan, the night started off strong. We had John Boxley versus Carl Anderson for the IWGP US title match. Uh, and you said this is one you were looking forward to. Correct. Because you're a good Carl guy, right? I am. I am. What do you like so much about Carl? I just, well, him and Doc Gallows, they're both great. They're they are funny, and they, they also can get it done in the ring. And not everybody has that same charisma and can push those boundaries as far as they do. So they really have it all. That's fair enough. And now with uh, being a part of the elite and having Don Callis with them at all times, uh, they're definitely become a force to be reckoned with. Um, yep. But yeah, as we were saying, the IWGP champion, uh, U.S. champion, excuse me, John Moxley with Eddie Kingston versus the machine gun, Carl Anderson with Doc Gallows and Don Callis led off the night. Eddie Kingston would attack Don Gallows with a lead pipe before the match could begin. And Kingston and Gallows brawled out into the crowd. Um. Shivani went up to say that. I think that evens things out just a little bit because we know what the elite are capable of. Uh, and I had to laugh because, yeah, that this match would probably have ended much different if it weren't for uh, Eddie Kingston getting involved early on. Uh, but Mox and Anderson slugged it out, trading forearms once the bell rang. Moxley clotheslined Anderson over the top rope and to the outside of the ring. Machine Gun blocked a suplex from Moxley and countered with a suplex of his own onto the arena floor. Anderson showed off his accuracy with a running kick to Moxley, and he followed up with a spine buster to Mox. They climbed up to the top of the ropes, and Moxley superplexed Carl Anderson. Anderson hit Moxley with a cutter off the top rope, but Moxley kicked out. That was that cutter, by the way, was beautiful. It was very Randy Orton-esque. Yeah. It wasn't one of those regular, like, turned into a cutter. It was just, boom, right into it. Uh, so that was a very, very good-looking cutter. Um Moxley kicked out, and Moxley booted Anderson into his in his midsection. He tried for the paradigm shift, but Anderson countered it with the stun uh, with a a gun stun. It's not stun gun; it's gun stun. Uh, Moxley used a short arm clothesline with authority, and then retained after finally hitting the paradigm shift. But that wasn't all. The Murder Hawk Monster Lance Archer would come out challenging John Moxley to a Texas Death Match next week, uh, and I believe. If I'm not mistaken, that is also for the title. Uh, let's see. Where's that? Correct. I have a picture of it. it. Yes. So the IWGP United States title match is going to be a Texas death match. Moxley has accepted that match. Uh, Dylan, what a way to kick off the show. Um, two guys who are really, really talented in the ring. I personally am a big Moxley fan. I always have been, even when he was in WWE as Dean Ambrose as a part of the Shield. 
Uh, I always liked him. Um, so to see him thriving in AEW has been a lot of fun. Uh, so what did you think of this one off the bat? Oh, it was actually not what I was expecting to start the show. I saw this main eventing the show yeah, because of how talented both these guys are. You got John Moxley, who's a pillar in AEW, and Carl Anderson, who's just really good wrestler in general. Um, to open the show, I was surprised, and it was a, a hell of a bang to start the show. Yeah, definitely. It was something that uh, I think we both thought this would main event and the coffin match would start right and exactly. we were very wrong it was they literally the it. polar opposite yep uh so again another great start they've been doing this consistently uh aw has been having moments where they start off uh the moments that they utilize to start off uh the show have all been very good lately um which is thank god uh yep. something that they are good at because it makes it sets a pace uh for the rest of the show and hopefully people can continue to keep up that pace moving forward because this guy's just been kind of boring lately. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I really, I don't like his gimmick right now. I think it's, I think it's, it's, he's botched it a few times already. It just, it feels, how, do you say, I, how has he botched his gimmick? I think it feels sloppy personally. Oh my God. I think, I don't think so. The addition of Vicky Guerrero makes it sloppy. I, was, I, I agree with that. Just himself. Without needing to have a manager with him at all times, I think it would be cleaner. Well, my opinion on the whole Vicky thing is I don't think it's needed either, especially because he seems to be doing all the talking. I thought the point of that would be so that he doesn't have to do much of the talking. He speaks right. very broken English. Right. So I'm not really sure. They like to just throw managers on people for no reason. Yeah, that's, they like managers they like and factions. Like those, and I'm all, I'm all for both of those. Honestly, yeah. I'm all for both. But you got to actually use them. If they're going right. to beef with that. No, definitely. I, I think I can agree on that level. Um, but yeah, he, he had a uh, interview earlier in the day with uh, Alex Abrahantis. And he was asking, where's the death triangle? I want to give them a message. El Idolo is looking for them. Uh, so obviously, very straightforward. Calling out the members of the death triangle. Uh, so hopefully, we get some decent matches. I would personally like to see him go up against Pac. Really? I think oh. my first choice is seeing him against Penta. That would tear the house down. Yeah, I, mean, I think all three oh, of the members oh, yeah, of the Death Triangle could have an incredible match against El Idolo. El Idolo. Uh, so who knows who it's going to be? It's going to be a lot of fun, though. I mean, I don't think it will be um, Penta because he's still like Eddie's buddy. Like They've been yeah. tagging up a little bit lately. Uh, so, so we'll see. We'll see, though. I mean, this could, I think, be a, this could be a plot twist, too. Maybe he's trying to join or infiltrate because he doesn't really have numbers to, you know, 3v3 a faction. True. Maybe he's, he's trying to swap places. Them. Yeah. Maybe he's like, Pac, I'm challenging you, but I want your goons on my side after this. Ooh, I like that. That would be an imagine. That is a hot take from Mr. Dylan. Mm. I would absolutely enjoy the hell out of that if that is what in, in fact is happening um but we did have another match that again i really didn't have high hopes for this one um and it turned out to be a very good match these two right here brian cage and ricky starks uh were going head to head for the ftw championship when's the last time he had an ftw championship match it's been a while right oh, it's been forever so he's finally defending it um which maybe we should have taken that as a hint uh, yeah. but, but we didn't. Uh, so Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs were watching from ringside as Taz joined the commentary team for this match and noted that Hook and Hobbs were torn up about this match. Just, oh, they were so yeah. emotionally distraught to see their two friends fighting. They, You could tell they were so sad sitting over there at ringside like, guys, stop. <laughs> but, but they were there anyways to support this fight. Um it's got to the point where Cage and Starks just have to fight it out, said Taz. And Starks is returning from a serious neck injury, uh, Jim Ross added, before the match could begin. Uh, Cage went for his neck early on uh, and press-slammed Starks. Cage kicked Starks into the corner of the ring and then began to absolutely manhandle him. Cage got a near fall on Starks after a massive power slam. Uh, Cage charged the corner, but Starks managed to dodge him and then work over Cage's arm. Uh, it was a smart move, saying uh, said Excalibur, saying that Starks was a student of the game. Uh, Brian Cage was playing around, curling Starks, 
but Starks caught him with a crucifix bomb, which, by the way, dear God, yeah, Brian Cage is not a small man. And Ricky Starks was just he made like, it look easy. Let me just it looked like the last ride. Yeah. He, he literally he had like, him he up lifted there. him so high. Uh, so that was very, very impressive impressive. But Cage, of course, would kick out at the two count. Outside the ring, however, Starks blasted Cage with a stiff clothesline, and they would get back into the ring where Cage turned the tides on Stark, turning him inside out with a pump handle suplex. Cage tried to pin Starks, but Starks touched the ropes with his foot to stop the ref's count. Later on, Cage connected with a thrust kick for another near fall on Starks. Cage tried to bring Starks inside the ring with a suplex, but Starks slipped under, and he powerbombed the machine Brian Cage for another two count. These powerbombs are nuts. Yeah. I, I don't know where he's finding that power. Did you know he had that power in him? I had no idea. Was, and he, he just looked easy doing it. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, his power has been nuts. And I know his like his spear is feared for some reason. Yeah. Like, people are scared to take it. Um, so maybe he is just that powerful because he doesn't spear like Roman used to, you know, where yeah. Roman never left his feet. He was just he would just tackle you and pin you. This is like he leaves his he feet. He leaves his feet. Yeah. Um, so his his spear is is pretty impressive. Um, so Starks would try to reach for the FTW title, but Hobbs pulled it away from him. Starks turned around and was spiked by Cage. Uh, Starks kicked out just in time and Hook distracted the referee for whatever reason. Uh, so that I don't know about you, but at that moment I'm like, "What the hell? Yeah. What, are they, what are they doing here?" I, I wasn't exactly sure what the uh, what the move was, uh, but we shortly figured out why he was doing that. As Hook distracted the referee, Hobbs would rock Cage with a belt shot. Starks then speared Cage and one, two, three, pinned him. We have a new FTW world champion, the absolute Ricky Starks. Team Taz conspired against Cage, said Excalibur, and the plan worked to fruition, replied Jim Ross. Uh, an absolute theft of the FTW world championship match, um, but not a match that was very one-sided. Ricky Starks almost looked like he could have won that match on his own. It was only when... Uh, Cage got the upper hand that Hobbs interfered. They should just call, at this point, they should just call, um, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Hook. They should just call him Shaw. So Dude, I Hobbs. was thinking that too. Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw. And <laughs> <laughs> Hobbs and Hook, it just, it's not, the, it doesn't work yeah, as well. It doesn't um, really flow. It doesn't flow off the tongue. Uh, but wow. Uh, I think we were both shocked to see this. We both said that Brian Cage was going to retain last yeah. week. Uh, so what did you think of this one, Dylan? I definitely underestimated this match. I I mean, I went into it thinking Brian Cage was going to win, which was my first mistake. I also went in thinking this match wasn't going to be nearly as good as it was. Oh, like, this man. match, this kind of took me a step back. I was like, wow. All right, boys. Yeah, they really <laughs> stepped it up. Uh, Ricky Starks has been growing on me recently he really has before he was just somebody i'm like mm. the guy he was the guy who took the pin right exactly he's he's been he's been working his way up on my eyes he, he must be impressing somebody yeah. uh because somebody backstage really supports him whether it's taz who's mm -hmm. like just believe me this guy this guy's great or cody or the young buck yeah. see something in him and are deciding to push him uh for i mean he has a title he has a world title a title that taz created Taz, a ultimate legend in the wrestling world. Um, so incredible, incredible yet again. Uh, those were two matches back-to-back -back that were up in the air for a little bit. Uh, but wow, a, a title change on Fighter Fest Night 1. Will we get a title change on Fighter Fest Night 2? Mm. Maybe, maybe not. We'll have to make those predictions at the end Correct. of today's show. Uh, but we did have a, uh, a promo segment up next where the nightmare Cody Rhodes would come down to the broadcast table and grab a headset. I was a little disappointed at first. I'm like, oh, it's going to yeah, be one of those it. dumb. I was like, just a headset one where he's going to be like, I challenge you to a match and slow down, throw it down and go back in the back. But no, no, the impassioned Cody Rhodes had some very harsh words for Malachi Black, uh, but didn't think he quite got his point across. So he grabbed an actual microphone and ran down to the ring where I was like, all right, Good. We might we might get a little bit of action. 
Um, he said, please answer the call. This is Fighter Fest, and I feel like fighting. Malachi responded from the back. Uh, he said, when I looked you and Art in the eyes last week, it was uh, it just wasn't there anymore, Cody, claiming that Cody does not have the fight. Uh, and he says, well, why don't you come on down and take a better look? And he said, well, I was hoping you'd say that. And they came on down and came to blows. The lights went out and the entire place went dark. When the lights turned back on, Malachi was standing in the ring opposite Cody Rhodes, and the two men brawled it out. AEW officials ran down to separate Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black headed into the commercial break. I mean, holy cow. That was something that I think everyone has been absolutely looking forward to. Um, I know you are a massive Malachi fan. I am a massive Malachi fan. You are a massive Cody fan. I am a massive Cody fan. So I think this is something that everyone can look forward to before Malachi really gets his first chance at a title. I'm shocked that they didn't announce that this is a fight for next week. Me too. I think it's going to be. I, that was the feeling I got as well, but I feel like this match could also use some builds. So maybe they're going to wait and just do this for a little bit. I mean, it could be just just do make you maybe wait for the next pay per view. I think all yeah. out next. Um, so we are. I mean, maybe we're just gonna wait and see uh, what how much time they're going to utilize to build this feud up for a big match. Uh, but man, I every time I see these two in the ring, I mean, I, I Cody has what I call the Noah effect, where you just go, "Oh man, he's so cool." <laughs> and then Malachi Black is just badass and if they were to just let him run with his character work and do whatever he wants yeah that's gonna be incredibly incredibly uh wonderful to see um but this wasn't the only promo in this segment we had this going on backstage shortly after malachi black came come coming down to the ring uh alex marvez was interviewing tully blanchard backstage when santana and ortiz would interrupt laughing at tully ortiz held tully from behind satana santana Oh, Santana. There we go. Santana. Santana pretended that he was going to hit him with a crowbar. He laughed at Tully, throwing him to the ground, telling him it was a fake, but he'd better watch for his boys. Uh, so, yeah, that was a pretty intense moment. I thought they were going to beat the shit out of an old man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it didn't happen. What do you think of both of these segments? Let's start with Malachi Black first, and then we'll mm. go into the Tully Blanchard moment. For starters... Cody Rhodes, this is the first time in months that I finally feel like he's on the TV and it's yeah. like worth watching. Like, yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Like, you can finally get behind something with him. Like, the yep. whole QT thing was very drawn out and I'd say more boring on their end. Sure. This is something where it's like him versus Darby, him versus Brody Lee. Like, this is exciting. Yeah. And he hasn't had that in a while. I'm so excited for them to come to blows, like, in a match. Malachi Black is going to tear apart AEW with this character. He's so I, yeah, creative. Yeah. I say it every week. He's so creative. And I don't know if you saw, um, but there were some backstage uh, rumors, or it, it could mm -hmm. have been truth, but uh, that when Malachi showed up for the first time, Jim Ross has never called a match with Malachi in it. And he said, whilst I barely actually know you, you are going to be the one who elevates AEW over the other brands. And you, young man, need to be the one who gets that job done. So he is heavily behind Malachi Black. Even though I don't like Jim Ross currently yeah. on commentary, he's still Jim MF in Ross. I mean, uh, that's a perfect take. Right. He's, it's a perfect it's take. still who he is. Yep. He, he's still got this massive, massive presence in professional wrestling and barbecue sauce. Uh, but... If you have JR's blessing, that's insane. Uh, for as young of a star as Malachi yeah. Black is, it is going to be super, super exciting to see if he can pound those ratings of WWE's, which WWE just went live again, which, by the way, let me give a quick round of applause for SmackDown because SmackDown was awesome. That yeah. first live SmackDown was really, really good. And, of course, I only watched it because it was live. And I was like, let's see if they can turn it around. It, it was good. It was oh, good. My, that edge, that edge pop though. That edge pop. It was great. That was wild. It's uh, so nice having fans back, and I say that for both shows. Absolutely. AEW having fans back is awesome as well. Uh, definitely. The, the the fans for AEW, uh, I am reminded of ECW fans. Mm -hmm. They're wild. I don't excuse the people jumping in the ring, but the AEW fan base is 
nutso. Uh, so I've absolutely enjoyed watching that. But WWE, just a little, I'll give you a golf clap. A little golf clap. They deserve clap. it. They deserve uh, it. <laughs> um, but yeah, what do you think about the Tully Blanchard moment? That was a little intense. Uh, it came out of nowhere. Um, I feel like Santana and Ortiz could do a little better, though. I feel like. You got to go after the old guy? That's what I'm saying. Like, that. that's a bit weird. And then, like, the false threats, it's like, like just like, go it after like, FTR. It was like a prop crowbar, too. Yeah, it was, it was like. like a, one of those, like, little cartoon wobbly ones. I don't think that segment helped them at all. I, I feel like that kind of hurt them. Because yeah, they are. A little weird. Like, yeah. They, they're, they're thug like characters. And why don't going after the old man. The shit out of him. If you're yeah. going to beat the shit out of him, beat the shit out of him. Or beat the shit out of one of the, you know, Sean Spears. Or That's what I'm saying. Like you got to go for FTR or something, at least. Because you're face now. You can't just attack people. But that's a justified <laughs> yeah. attack. They did kind of just mug an old man. Yeah, like, uh, come on. <laughs> so that was a little messed up. But, hey, maybe this shows that they're a little uneasy. And maybe. that they don't trust that they can get the job done as easily. So they have to try and weaken uh, the pinnacle wherever they can, Get whether it be foundation. through them or through the guy who created it. Exactly. Uh, so two really good segments uh, led into what we thought was going to be another match. But psych, we had a, yet another moment where a microphone was being held in the ring, which ultimately led to this picture, which I love. Yeah, this was great. This picture is, speaks a thousand words. Uh, so Tony Schiavone was back in the ring again to interview the number one ranked hangman page. Schiavone asked him about the AEW world championship, Kenny or champion, Kenny Omega, uh, saying that there is no question that this is what the fans want to see. Page said, since day one, I wanted to be the AEW world champion. I came so close, but I failed. The dark order is right. I still need that world championship. So I am here tonight to challenge for the all elite can't get any more words out because Don Callis interrupts Paige as he walked out with the Young Bucks, the Good Brothers, Brandon Cutler, and, of course, Kenny O. Frickin' Mega. Don Callis and the rest of the elite said, you're not that guy, Paige. <laughs> Calling back to the famous TikTok meme that's going around there. You're not that guy. How many times did they say it? Like seven? It was, it was a lot. Guy. And it was you're so not that funny. guy. It so was good. very, very well done. They're very uh, – you can tell there are moments – even though this is a much more mature show of for wrestling, that they are yeah. still reaching for that younger audience, uh, and I love it personally. I, I, I love that. Fine. That whole moment was great. That was very good. I, I'm on. I'm on the TikTok. Tyler uh, Tvard fifty one. Everyone, you know, you can find me there. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, he he said you're not that guy, Pidge. And Matt Jackson was very brave, grabbing a microphone and getting in the ring, saying, "Do you remember us?" We were best friends that you abandoned, Paige, and I can smell from your breath that you're still hitting that bottle, and there's no one to blame but yourself. But let's face it, you're the next great wrestling tragedy. Uh, ouch. Yeah. That was an absolute brutal moment. They This felt like uh, a roasting of Adam Page. Yeah. Like, they really came out here to just bully the shit out of him. Um, Hangman Adam Page had heard enough, though. And he decked Matt Jackson. Kenny Omega jumped into the ring. And as he was about to hit Paige from behind. But the Dark Order stormed the ring to even up the odds and chase off the Elite. He said, listen, Kenny, I came here for a match. And I'm not leaving without one. And quite frankly, neither are you. Uh, Omega, responding, said, I'll do you one better. Why don't we make it your guys in the goon squad, he called them, <laughs> versus me and the Elite. Five on five, elimination style. Again, blown away that this isn't on the card for next week somehow. Um, but maybe they're pushing it to a pay per view. I, I don't. I, I can't imagine that. I, I, I don't feel like understand. this will be announced for next week. This has got to be on next week. It has to. And I would. I wouldn't be shocked if it opens the night. Um, yeah, maybe because you know they like to get the young bucks on early so they can go take a nap in the back. Because <laughs> um, you know they get real tired. Uh, they got to, they got to dress. They got to rest the up. Show. It's, 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 really, the show. it's really hard to have the show on your back and look yeah. good whilst doing it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, I understand why they would want to get out first. Uh, but he responded saying that's not the match that he wants Kenny, but if that's what it takes and if we win the match, I get a shot at your AW championship and these guys get a shot at the young bucks for the tag belts, getting a massive pop. 
everyone is on board with the Dark Order. And that would be incredible if they were the ones, uh, this band of misfit toys that comes <laughs> along to uh, take out the Young Bucks. I, I think I'm behind that. Are you behind that? Really? I, I don't see it happening. Uh, do you do you like the Dark Order, though? I feel I like do. you're, no, you're I such do. a heavy Young Bucks fan. I am. I am. Um, that it would be hard for you to cheer for anyone else. It does really come down to that. I don't really know a tag team that lines up against the Young Bucks that I really would favor. Maybe FTR, but right now they're they're definitely preoccupied. It would take a lot for me to to go against the Young Bucks. And I just I I love the Dark Order so much, even their goofy side. It I depends have, on the yeah. two they pick. Because if it's Alex Reynolds and John Silver, right. I love those two. They're that's, so funny. Of course, that's who it will be. Either that or it'll be or Stu, Grayson Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. Right? right. Who are very good wrestlers. And oh, hold on for a second. Can we... Evil Uno. Evil Uno has been killing it lately. Yeah. With his promos. His Who would have known that a guy with the physique of me <laughs> can get in the ring and be good at wrestling? Like, he's actually killing it right now. And his uh, promo skills that comes naturally to a lot of people. And it seems to be coming naturally to him right now he's yeah. he's doing very good his his like i almost feel like he's uh the best way to describe his demeanor in the ring is like a butler he yeah. has like the hand behind right. the back and he speaks very eloquently unless someone pisses him off and then he's ready to fight yeah. uh so i think he's doing a great job and it led to uh the so the dark order coming down led to of course this being the next image we saw uh saying i'll entertain your idea page but the thing is we get nothing in exchange. So I've got a suggestion after we beat your guys. Not only do your boys lose their shot at the tag team titles, but also you lose your shot at my belt too. Aren't you really just afraid to fail in front of everyone in the crowd? Uh, I'm going to take an extra measure of pleasure when the cowboy shit chants turn into the crowd chanting belt collector, which they were not on board for. So yeah, it's, They did weak. not do that. Weak promo point because cowboy shit's fucking hilarious. And they chant the shit out of that every time Kenny Omega is talking. Uh, so if you're cool with that, so are we, replied Omega. To which Kenny Omega got, uh, or I'm sorry, the other way around, Paige got in Kenny Omega's face in this picture right here saying, Kenny, the Dark Order does not back down from any fight, said Hangman Adam Page. Holy cow. What an impassioned segment right here. I am so excited. For anything that moves forward in this field. Are you more excited for this five-on-five five match, or are you just ready to see Kangman versus Kenny? Mm, I mean, that one-on-one -on -one match is going to be spectacular when it does happen, because it's easy to say that will happen. Five-on-five five matches are so much fun. Elimination style. Elimination style makes it even better. So, like, I am excited for it's that. It'll be like 40 minutes because of these yeah, guys. Easily could. <laughs> Easily could. Um, but did you did, were you a fan of this segment? Did this get you more hype for what's coming oh, up? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. It definitely shows character arcs being shown because Hangman Adam Page finally has his confidence back. You know, oh, he's my been God. going through it these last few months. Yeah. Finally he's building it back up. <laughs> now he's now he's out here yelling in Kenny's face. He wouldn't have dared do any of that to any of the elite crazy. a couple months ago. It, yeah, it, it has been a crazy, crazy story arc. Uh, this feels like the Jamie Lannister story arc where we're just, he's like right at his peak right now. So let's hope he doesn't fall off say, like Jamie fall. Lannister did. Uh, because this arc, we, everyone is on board with cowboy shit. Uh, so let's, fingers crossed, that the Dark Order and um, Hangman Page can get that win so that we get to see the Hangman versus Kenny Omega in the near future. I don't know about you, but I am very excited to see that. Oh, yeah. So let's move on, though, to some other things we are excited about here in the CMG world. We have some friends who also have podcasts on the CMG network. So I just want to show you a few ads followed by a clip from one of my more recent Twitch streams. So, guys, hang around. We are going to show you that, and we'll be right back. 
Attention all basketball fans. CMG Sports presents the Posting Up Podcast, where Lucas Boldick, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay discuss the latest news and topics throughout the NBA. So, if you have a love for basketball, make sure you check out the Posting Up Podcast, live every Tuesday and Saturday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Also available for download on every podcast platform. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. I crossed up by Colby, will float in Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, fun. But I didn't make my point. I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Manning lobs it. Burris alone. Touchdown, New York. It's off to Leonard. Defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? High fly ball, right field. Grossman back. Trap. Wall. See ya. Into the second deck. A grand slam the other way for Aaron Judge. And the Yankees are pouring it on. For the latest news throughout the sports world, tune in to Sports Talk with R&J every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Yo, yo, chase the chicken, dude. Trust me. The best shit ever. Look, right, you ready? <laughs> no, dude. No, 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 no. That's not worth it. That's not worth what you're about to do. What you're doing right now is not worth it. No, no, no. You stop it. No, no. Hold on, major, major. Wait. There's, there's, there's stuff that goes wrong when you act out of emotion. You just need to hold on and look at me. Just look at me. Don't go outside the zone. Just look at me. Look at my face. Your wife's here, and you're going to act like a child in front of your wife. Don't do it. Don't act like a child. You're a man. You are a grown man. Yes. Good. Good. Bring it back. Bring it back. Onshore. Onshore. No more oo-woos. Onshore. No more oo-woos. You bring it back home. You bring major. That is not a threat. It's a promise. You come back here, young man. I am chasing you. Come here, French fries. Oh. Um. Interesting. We're gonna pretend everything's fine. Hmm. Something tells me this lobby's not doing okay. Guys? <laughs> Having a lot of fun over on Twitch lately. That last one was me playing Fall Guys. Literally just started to stream and got raided. So I had a lot of people hanging out and suddenly the game was just like, nah, nah, you don't get to play anymore and just shut off. So fun stuff. Uh, and then of course, playing Twitch, uh, playing on Fortnite with the major nosebleed, always having fun over there on Twitch. If you guys want to give us a follow, we are up at 320 followers now. Uh, so we are growing fast. And I believe next Saturday is the day I'm going to do my best to try and do a 12 hour stream. Uh, so very much looking forward to that. If any of you have any suggestions, what you'd like to see, I'm thinking I might just do 12 hours of Fall Guys, or maybe I could fit some Fortnite in there. I got maybe if there's some interest in Fortnite, playing that again, 
we could definitely give that a shot. So if anyone is interested in doing that, give us some suggestions, join the discord, shoot me over, uh, shoot me a message over there and we would be happy to see you. And remember we are live on that very Twitch channel right now, right this second, Dylan, did you know people can send us comments and we'll bring them up on the screen? That's crazy. And the crazy. crazy. Same thing on YouTube, where that one time where we were joined by Tony, Tony Khan, Khan, Tony the Tony Khan, the Tony Khan was he here. Said, Yo, guys, great show. I was like, thank you. Where's my contract? Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, you know, if any, if you ever, you'd like to sign me to a con anytime. Uh, but yes, anytime, guys, you can join the fun live every Sunday with me and Dylan, or Saturday with me and Noah on the Baseball with the Bard podcast. Uh, let us know how you feel about the show. And speaking of shows, remember, we are not a market substitute for the show AEW Dynamite. Make sure you go watch AEW's Dynamite every single Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's AEW Dynamite, not WWE oh. Dynamite, Jim Ross. Uh, so let's uh, let's make sure we call it the right brand there, good old JR. Did you hear about that? I did. I did. Yeah. Embarrassing. It really is. I, I would be embarrassed if I were Jim Ross, but you know, he's just like, man, I love young people. Yeah. Uh, so he's just sitting in his rocking chair after every single uh, <laughs> thing, just, just ranting about taxes and and Democrats. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's the, the current Jim Ross <sighs> always complaining about something. And I don't think he ever actually fully knows what he's talking about, but you know, we'll, we'll let him live. Cause Remember what we said earlier on in the broadcast he's, he's is that it, it's still Jim Ross. Uh, so he can do, I guess, apparently whatever the hell he wants to do. Um, Dylan, this next match is a heavily anticipated one for a lot of wrestling fans. We had Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. A few mo uh, things were said before this match. Jim Ross saying the rivalry goes back. Get this. 20... Three years. Wow. These two have been fighting against each other or just fighting in general. Mm -hmm. Christian Cage up to this point has never defeated Matt Hardy and one-on-one -on -one action. That in fact surprised 20, me. 23 years. Yeah. Not once did Christian Cage pin Matt Hardy. Absolutely that bonkers. wild. So they started off with a collar and elbow hookup. Both men wanting to prove that they are the better wrestler. They spilled through the ropes and were still locked up on the arena floor. Finally, Christian Cage whipped Matt Hardy into the steel barricade, uh, where Christian Cage jumped over into the ring, off of the top ropes, over the ring post, and hit Hardy with a double axe handle. He pulled Hardy back into the ring for a reverse DDT, good for a near fall. Matt Hardy swiftly changed the momentum, though, by spiking Christian Cage's forehead. On the top ring step, he followed up with a neck breaker for a near fall on Christian, uh, where Matt Hardy would then catapult Christian Cage throat first into the bottom ring rope. Which, by the way, I don't know about you, but every time someone does that move, I cringe. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God, that could go so poorly if they do it wrong. So, but they didn't. So, thank God. These are veterans right here. Right. They know what, they they're, know what doing. they're doing. And Hardy would, though, uh, however, go on to drop an elbow off of the turnbuckles. But Christian Cage kicked out at two yet again. Uh, the tables returned when Christian Cage used a massive uppercut. Hardy attempted a twist of fate, but Christian Cage countered and then stunned Hardy with a running spear, edge style. He mm. was in the corner doing the uh, the get up thing. And I was like, oh, okay. Paying a little tribute to Edge. I love it. Uh, Christian Cage crashed down on Hardy with an impressive frog splash. Again, wild. Again, yeah. these guys were absolutely selling out. Uh, Hardy suplexed Christian Cage, however, and Hardy was slow to capitalize, draping his arm over Christian Cage for just a near fall. Christian Cage went for the kill switch, but Hardy grabbed uh, the referee to distract him and delivered a low blow to Christian Cage. Outside the ring then, Hardy applied the leech submission, which that looks super painful, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it's like a, it's a, a guillotine almost like what page used to do yeah with a um, butterfly hook yeah yeah it's a it's a butterfly hook guillotine it's it's really really cool looking uh but he would let go and jump back in the ring as christian looked like to be unconscious hoping that cage would just be count out by the referee ending the match there but of course when you hear nine as a wrestler you magically are fine and jump up and dive into the ring so he made it back before the count of 10 uh where christian cage 
would then impale Matt Hardy with a kill switch and a pinfall victory. Now, of course, being the heels that they are, the Hardy family, uh, Hardy family office sprinted to the ring and surrounded Christian Cage, but Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy jumped into the ring as backup for Christian Cage, saving the day where the Matt Hardy and the Hardy family office retreated. I mean, wow. Two yeah. of the oldest guys in the business right now who are still wrestling behind Sting? Jericho? Goldberg? Like, they're like yeah. the only ones who are a little bit older than them. Um, killing it. Absolutely yeah. killing it in the ring. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I actually didn't get to watch it live. Uh, so I had it on whilst I was making party platters at work the other day. Uh, so it was uh, a very good match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It definitely made my production a little bit slower. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, I love this match. And it's just such a, a bit of nostalgia mixed with just like how good they've gotten over the years. Because they've perfected each of their crafts. Matt yeah. Hardy's character work is top notch. Christian Cage's in ring skills have gotten better since you know he had his retirement. Wild, which is crazy to think. <laughs> uh, the spots they took, which the fucking it was like the that DDT on the splash. stairs, yeah, the frog splash. Like they they put in spots. And not only for was it a man. frog splash, it was a five star. Yeah, frog it was splash. five stars. He did the full like ex yep. the the fold and extension like he's doing a pencil dive into the pool. It was wild. Yeah, they put it out there. They, they had one of my favorite matches of the night and it wasn't even for the title because, you know, titles were on the line every other match tonight, but <laughs> what a match is all yeah. I can say for this one. Definitely. I, I think that is a, a definitely fair way to put that. Um, and there were still shockingly three more matches to go tonight. There were some promos backstage before those matches, uh, of course, setting up these two matches here, Dr. Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose, Britt Baker going in, incredibly confident that Nyla Rose stands zero chance of de dethroning her and John Moxley with some choice words for Lance Archer saying that uh, he is not going to be the same boogeyman that he faced in the independent scene and he stands no chance at ending Moxley's career in this Texas death match. Uh, so definitely looking forward to seeing both of those matches uh, play out and we will get to those later on in the show though. Uh, but first, we had the Spanish god, Sammy Guevara, versus Wheeler Utah, I think is how you say his name. Uh, so Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor accompanied Wheeler to the ring. Apparently, they are going to be uh, a new friend of his, potentially someone new to join the best friends, uh, where Sammy Guevara is literally one of the hottest wrestlers in AEW right now. So good luck, Wheeler. Uh, I don't think he stood much of a chance going into this match. Sammy would use drop kicks early to take Yuta off of his feet. Uh, Sammy hit a standing shooting star press for a near fall, which, again, super impressive. Yeah. Uh, and then Sammy went for another super shooting star press off of the top rope, but Yuta had it scouted and lifted his knees up. Uh, Jim Ross went on to claim that Wheeler is an outstanding athlete and can't wait to see what he has to bring on into the future. Uh, but he looked good. Uh, so we'll see if it's something he can keep up moving forward. But it was followed up with a released German suplex from Yuta where he splashed Sammy from the top rope. But Sammy Guevara, being the legend that he is, kicks out. They traded forearms in the center of the ring where Sammy connected with a springboard cutter and then the GTH for the victory over Wheeler. A very quick match. Wouldn't call it a squash, but it was something where Sammy Guevara got the upper hand late. And hit him with his finisher and game. It looks like they're trying to make that GTH a finisher where if you get hit by it, you're done. That's match. Uh, so I love that. If we're going to get back to the era of protecting finishers, I'm all for it. I'm tired of seeing four spears to mm. a subpar competitor yeah. not put them out. Um, so the one winged angel should not be the only finisher that is protected through all of wrestling. Um, so please, I am begging you to make the, uh, the finishers mean more like they did in this match right here. What'd you yeah. think of this one? It was definitely a quick one. I, uh, it's not, again, this wasn't one I like came in saying five-star match incoming. I don't even right. really know who Wheeler is. Yeah, no. Um, but I do agree with your take that finishers have to be not like fully protected to the point where like every you hit right. one it's over every match a false finish can be good if used right but then again every match shouldn't need it to put it over as a good match 100 100 i agree with you 
Um, and it led into another match that I don't think anyone was really looking forward to, but ultimately mm -hmm. it didn't disappoint. We had Penelope Ford versus Yuka Sakazaki, who has not been in the brand for quite a while. Yuka Sakazaki made her return to AEW for the first time in, do you know how many months it was, Dylan? Uh, did I hear nine? More. It was, was it I more? could not believe that she was gone this long. The last time she appeared in any sort of AEW product, 16 months. Really? Since she appeared in anything for AEW. I was blown away that it was that long. Because honestly, 2020, to me, even though it was one of the quote-unquote longest years, it felt like it went very fast. Like a lot of stuff fit into 2020. Mm -hmm. So it's shocking to see that it was that long since we've seen her in in-ring action. Uh, and the crowd seemed fairly excited to see her uh, back on TV and bringing it to Penelope Ford, who Penelope Ford, I love you. But uh, coming into this, I was like, mm, not looking good for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Yuka would drop forward with her uh, two consecutive arm drags and Sakazaki cannonballed over the top ropes to the outside onto Penelope Ford. Uh, Yuka and Ford had a slugfest in the center of the ring where Yuka used her leverage to drive Ford down, uh, down to the mat with a brain buster, which not often you see a uh, woman competitor utilizing a brain buster. So that was yeah. a refreshing move to see. Uh, Yuka... Uh, charged in with a sliding lariat for a near fall. Yuka then would kick Penelope Ford across the face, followed up with a diving back elbow, and Penelope responded with two pump kicks. Yuka Sakazaki, however, used an airplane spin-like maneuver and then followed up with a magical girl splash for the victory over Ford. That is what they are calling that finisher. Um, okay, that's fine, yeah, I guess. Name. It's a that's, that's a lot in one name, but okay. Um, the magical girl splash was the victory maneuver. Uh, a quick match, very quick match. But I think the only reason it was so quick is because the promos took forever tonight. They, they were all very long. And we also had this match to get to, Dylan, which, dear God. Yeah. Uh, I think we can just agree that this match was as good as it could be in its time frame because this match had this match to had, get yeah. on TV. Uh, and they were running out of time. I, I was shocked. It was getting late. It was getting one, late. When this one went on, I'm like, oh, are they going to go over? Uh, <laughs> but, of course, that did not happen. Uh, All Ego, Ethan Page versus Darby Allen would be next for the coffin match, where the only way to win was to stuff your opponent into the coffin and shut that lid. Uh, so this was the first coffin match in AEW. Um, and once again, the WWE marks will be like, unoriginal, can't come up with your own content, can you? Uh, but... Of course, it was a that's going to happen with everything. Like, oh my god, a one on, a one on one competitor <laughs> match. What the WWE did it first. Uh, so they were the first to ever do it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, first ever to do a uh, every single match yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah. But of course, Darby Allen would come down in his regular fashion, skateboarding down to the entrance ramp and to the ring. He charged Ethan Page immediately and then followed up with a coffin drop. Uh, I was nervous for a second there. I'm like, are they really gonna <laughs> squash Ethan Page in this match? But of like, course huh? not. That yeah. was not what happened. Darby removed his jacket and revealed that he had been wearing a metal back protector, which perfectly legal in this yeah. match. Smart. Uh, Darby walked past the coffin and Scorpio Sky popped out of it. Sky whipped Darby into the steel ring steps, but of course. That could not stand because Sting it's came out to even up the odds. It's Sting! <laughs> uh, Sting would ragdoll Scorpio Sky over the steel barricade and then pursued him into the crowd. Sting battered Sky with a trash can and beat the holy living hell he out did. of Scorpio Sky into the dark of the backstage area. Back in the ring, however, Ethan Page unhooked one of the turnbuckles. Page lunged at Darby, but Darby dodged him when hurled Page over the barricade. Ethan Page, whoever set up them those steel steps in the ring and dropped Darby Allen face first across them. Page rammed Darby with his shoulder, and Page picked up the steel turnbuckle hook and attached it to the chain around Darby's neck. I, I don't know about you, but I was getting nervous. Yeah. When I, when I saw that hook, I'm like, this could go so wrong. Mm. Page yanked back on the hook and pulled Darby down. Darby rallied, however. And uh, he fish-hooked Ethan Page with the turnbuckle hook. Darby drop-kicked Ethan Page, knocking him down into the coffin. 
but Darby and Ethan slugged it out inside of that coffin, but ultimately that was not where the match would end. Ethan Page tried to rupture the eardrum of Darby Allen, slapping him repeatedly with open palm strikes, and Darby chomped down on Ethan Page's fingers. Darby uh, caught Ethan Page with a stunner off of the steel ring steps, and Darby tried for a coffin drop, but Ethan Page countered. Page nailed Darby with Ego's edge off of the turnbuckles and on to the steel ring steps. I don't know about you, Dylan, but I like curled up in a little ball when that one happened. I was like, that was, that was brutal. Yeah, I I thought that was the beginning of the end right there, to be oh honest. Oh, my God. Sheesh. He hit him so hard with that power uh, powerbomb off the ropes onto the steel steps. Oh, absolutely brutal hit, but it's Darby freaking Allen. I don't know why we're always so surprised when that man is just like, nah, I'm fine. There's no such thing as pain to Darby yeah. Allen. <laughs> Out of sheer desperation, however, Darby dug his fingers into Ethan Page's eyes and grabbed his skateboard, jumping off of the turnbuckle, crashing down onto Ethan Page and knocking him into the coffin. The coffin lid, coffin lid was then closed and Darby Allen named Victorious. Darby Allen, however, was not finished, nailing a coffin drop onto the closed casket, casket, smashing it, and, of course, Ethan Page beneath him. Holy cow. For a main event, they absolutely went off, Dylan. I'm just going to leave the floor to you here. What did you think of this match? Uh, I definitely agree with the AEW's placement of this match. Uh, main oh. event, very fitting. Very fitting. It ended the night with a bang. Uh. And... <laughs> And I mean, to be fair, Darby Allen is being looked at as the poster child for AEW. The 100%. fans are behind him 100%. And this gave him his spotlight, uh, Ethan Page spotlight. And you got Sting and Scorpio Sky in there involved too. With a brawl in the crowd, which wasn't really a thing these last couple of months. Due right. to there being no crowd. So it's, it's back to wrestling as normal. And it, it was just a, a great match. An absolutely solid main event. Something that we've all been absolutely dying for to see the fans involved and part of a match, which is what I was going to bring up, was that fight in the stands, which is just so nice to see fans getting so excited to be so close to the wrestlers again. I mean, NEW is back up and running yep. uh, over where we are, so dying to do it myself to get up close and personal with these wrestlers and start cheering and, of course, booing those who deserve it. Yeah. Um, but, yes, a incredible, incredible way to end the night. And, of course, we can't have an episode of CWE without looking into next week's night two of Fighter Fest, starting off with this match, Orange Cassidy versus The Blade. Uh, this rivalry continuing between uh, The Blade and Orange Cassidy. Um I mean, we made picks last week, so we might as well make picks again. Who's winning yes, this sir. match? I'm going to say Orange Cassidy. Yeah, you know, that feels like the right, correct pick because, of course, like he's the face, but they beat him last time. Are they going to let him win two times in a row against the Blade? They're going to really make the Hardy family foundation look that weak? I'm going with the Blade. Oh, okay. So right off the bat, we are going to disagree. Uh, we then have this match here, the five labors of Jericho, chapter one, Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears. There is one obvious answer here that Chris Jericho is going to win this match. I mean, if anything, he loses match five. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he is absolutely winning this match. Uh, glad to see you agree with me here. Let's see. Next up is this match here. Dr. Brick Baker, DMD. The AEW Women's World Champion versus Nyla freaking Rose. Dylan, who's winning this match? You know, I got to pick Dr. Britt Baker. Shocker. And this will be good. This will be good. Uh, shocker. <laughs> uh, but this 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 will be good. And Britt Baker gets her first defense in there against a solid opponent. Yeah, Dr. Britt Baker, the obvious pick. We both are fans of Nyla Rose. She's been doing a great job uh, as this very, very strong heel uh, but Dr. Britt Baker, also a heel, incredible, doing an incredible job at incredible. it. Incredible. Uh, and Dr. Britt Baker, even though I may not be your biggest fan, you're obviously going to win this match. <laughs> um, and as much as it hurts me to say that. But <laughs> what I'm assuming will either be the opening match or the main event, we've got 
the Texas death match. Got to be the main event. It's a freaking death match. Um, yeah. We got John Moxley versus Lance Archer for the IWGP United States title match. Is this it for John Moxley's title run? Does Lance Archer finally get a title around his shoulder? We said last week the only reason we didn't change the hands was because it's not AEW's title. Right. This is two weeks in a row that they're putting this title on the line. Is this the man who gets the job done? Oh, my start in this? Oh, man. Uh, you know, with just the logic alone that I said last week, it's the same logic I have to have going into next week's i have to pick john moxley just because it's it's not their title to to have on defense so i think that new japan pro wrestling knows that if john moxley loses his title on another brand it not only sets the eyes on new japan pro wrestling for whatever reason whether people like him or don't right. all press is good press Correct. Uh, so it sets up a potential AEW stars in Japan moment. So we could get the rematch of Lance Archer and John Moxley in Japan. Uh, so I, for that reason, am taking the murder hawk, Lance Archer, to win this bout. Dylan, I might be crazy. You uh, might be, but, but it's sound logic. It is. I feel like John Moxley wants some dad time. Uh, so he might just be taking a little bit of time off here, and who better for him to give this belt to than the murder hawk psychopath Lance Archer? Because uh, no one ain't no one gonna take it off of him except Moxley himself. Uh, so crazy, crazy stuff. I guess we could uh, hypothesize about the five man elimination match. I gotta imagine um, that's next week. Would it be Team Hangman or Team Omega winning that match, Dylan? I'm gonna take Hangman, of course. Yeah. I have to say Team Hangman, even though I feel like lining up one team definitely stacks up better compared to the others. Yeah, but, I think so too. But you know, anything could happen. If Hangman, yeah, gets the majority, right. if Hangman gets the majority of the pinfalls, it'll be believable. Yeah. Um, so I can see that happening for sure. And then, of course, we'll put this one out there just to put it into uh, j just to put that mojo out there to hopefully make this match happen. Cody Rhodes <laughs> and Malachi Black could potentially happen next week unless they are saving it for a bigger date. I am, of course, taking Malachi Black. Me as well. Yeah. I can't as, wait. As crazy as it is to for Cody to ever lose. Right. Cody, Cody is one of the greatest, in my opinion, one of the greatest wrestlers. I, top five. Mm -hmm. Cody Rhodes is top five wrestlers in the world right now. Yeah. Um, but Malachi Black is incredible. And for him, if, for him to lose right now, would make yeah, no, zero it sense. Makes zero sense. Um, so, all right. So we disagree on two matches. Uh, so I'm taking the murder Hawk here while you're taking John Moxley and I am taking the blade here while you were taking orange Cassidy. So otherwise we agree we, across the board. Agree, yeah. <laughs> so there will probably, unless we, unless we trade on we that one, it, yeah. uh, there will be someone who gets it right or wrong. We were, t I think we tied uh, yeah. this time around. So, uh, well, Dylan, it has been yet another great episode of the CWE podcast. Remember, if you like podcasts, why not make one for yourself on the CMG network? If there is not one you like on the network, which would be nuts because there's about 30 of them now. So you can find something in CMG. Why not just make one for yourself for as little as $15 a month? CMG can help you get started on your path. It's clovercrestmedia.com. And you can see all sorts of podcasts. There's sports, media, uh, talent relations and all sorts of other like celebrity podcast, movie podcast, wrestling, as you see here, Red Sox, Yankees, uh, Giants. There's all sorts of different ones you can find there. Just join us here at Clovercrest. We're having a great time. But other than that, this has been the Cross and Wrestling Entertainment Podcast. I am Tyler. That over there is Mr. Dylan. And we will see all of you in the next one. Take care. Peace.
You're listening to the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast.